0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Bean Talking podcast. I'm Tim Beanland and on this one we talk to our first international guest. So I'm really excited in Todd Fraser. He's an international author now, an accountant with a personality and a very proud father. So we touched on topics such as how you can build relationships through Instagram how to actually do things and stop over-planning, and then how Todd wrote his book in 39 days and has got it to the top lists in Amazon. Very excited for you guys to hear what he has to say. Let's go. Here we go, Todd, Todd Fraser. Um, welcome. welcome to What's the going show. on, man? Yeah, this is exciting for me. This is exciting for me. First international... Guy on the Bean Talking Podcast. Um, this is
1: so ex- I'm, I'm honored to be the first international Beans Talking Podcast guest. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, very cool. So thank you for coming on. Um, my introduction of you is, um, you know, digital marketer in that space. Uh, you're, you're a guy that does things, you do things, you're a public speaker, and, and now you're an author, as, as we were talking about. Um, but that's, that's my sum up. But for people that don't, don't know you, yeah, give us a bit of an introduction of yourself.
1: All right, cool. I'll, I'll try and keep it as short as That's possible.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> so I've been, I've been involved in a lot of different industries. I was in real estate investment straight out of college. 2008, real estate took a dive, so I had to figure out what to do. My dad was a CPA, and accountant for like 20 years old. I was growing up, so I thought maybe I could figure out how to do that. Went to work for him for six years. Uh, went to night school and worked all kinds of crazy hours with wife and three kids. Finally got my CPA license, started my own firm two years ago, two and a half years ago now. And, uh, so that's, I've got my CPA practice. I have a digital marketing firm. I public speak, I create content on the internet, which I love to do. And I connect with people like that's how I met you yeah. Literally just on Instagram. That's um, I, I absolutely love that. And then, and now I, I wrote a book. I have a book yeah, that is it. on Amazon. Super crazy.
0: Go. That's amazing. And I actually want to talk about that. Um, how we met is, it's quite crazy. Um, and 2018 has, has opened up that ability to have conversations and, and increase. But what do, you, what do you think it was that, because that, you get a lot of fake people on Instagram, you know, you get, the, oh, yeah. you get the, yeah, strong muscle emoji or fire, fire, and it's just, it's crap. But, but what do you think it was that separated, I guess, myself and, and other people that you've talked to online that you've built relationship with? What do you think the key there is? If someone wants to, I don't know, reach out to someone through the gram,
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely and I think honestly I think the gram at uh, whatever you want to call it IG The yeah. I think the thing that is so valuable about all of the online social is it is true engagement and that's mm-hmm. that's really what it's all about because like for us specifically it was a comment I think I commented on one of your posts or you commented on one of mine yeah. and then because you can kind of tell which comments are like bots coming in because I've done those and yeah. send out send out comments on a bunch of on fo- uh, a bunch of posts yeah. But as soon as you comment, if you get nothing back, mm. you can kind of tell, okay, mm. this isn't a real thing. They don't really want to engage. But with, mm. with someone like yourself or other people that I've met online, uh, just literally through commenting, I feel like that comment on someone else's post where you can really bring value to say, hey, this was great or that really empowered me. Like Because the beans talking is where we met. That's yeah. And then yeah. it transferred over to the personal side. Yeah. And so you start with the comments, and then from there it just moves to the DM, and when you're direct messaging, you can really get a feel for that person, whether it's a real thing, or they as soon as they say, "Hey, hit me on the DM," And that's like, "Well hey, I've got this investment strategy and I'm doing cryptocurrency, <laughs> or I can, I can blow up your Instagram by 10,000 people in a week." Yeah. That, yeah. That, it's everywhere. It really yeah. is everywhere. Um, yeah. But you can tell real quick. Mm. Once that if that person's genuine and they really have a desire to connect, yeah, I think that's once you have that, then just grow on it. Because when mm. we met, like I wasn't messaging with 17 other people. It was like you and one other person because yeah. those were the only real people out of all the bots online yeah, that's wow. fake fake communication mm. um that you kind of have to weed through. But I Wait. think it's just being patient and keep putting it out there and knowing that there are real people that want to connect and engage.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it also comes to something that's so fundamental in in sales and it's being real, but it's also not um like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about jab 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 right hook. These people that are saying, Hit me up on the DM and then they go like in their second message, like, Yeah, I've got this investment strategy going bang, like, dude, you know, <laughs> get to know me first. Wine and die me first and, and Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's just
1: terrible. Well, uh, and the thing, the thing about that that I think is so frustrating is they make a comment that's generic and it's usually a bot. It's not usually mm, a real person. It's mm. usually a bot that's sending out a message based on whatever tag is in your post or who you follow or something like that. And again, I, I've done this and that it, it's valuable if you're going to follow it up with some real connection yep, and engagement. Yes. But there's a lot yeah. of people that are just spamming everyone. Mm. Um, with a comment that says, hit me on the DM, like I get a, with the book, I've gotten a lot of things like, oh, your, your profile is so great. I love your book. You should hit me on the DM. And I'm thinking, okay, if this okay. person's really interested and I direct message them and then they come back with the, oh, that's great. Well, I X, Y, Z with social media or what it's, it's a sales pitch. Yeah. It's not a relationship. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing with the online engagement is You have to treat online engagement just like it's Mm face-to-face,
0: you
1: know? And I think that's so valuable to create real relationships. And I think that's what a lot of people forget because they worry about the numbers and the volume and how they can reach more people with the missing the fact that when they create real engagement, like when we have a real relationship, now I share your stuff, you share my stuff, and then we reach each other's networks because we have a real relationship. That's the value that so many people miss in the digital communication world.
0: And that's it. Like you talk about mutual sharing. Like the amount of friends that I've been like, dude, you got to listen to Todd stuff. You got listen to Todd stuff. In probably the month that we've known each other, you know, uh, to me, I go, it's it's an American guy that that isn't isn't stereotypically American. He's he's actually providing value. So yeah. Um, okay, wait.
1: Give give me give me the yeah. Australian version of a stereotypical American. I love uh, that. Let, let me hear it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to try your accent. I'm not going to do that. But I mean. Sales, I've I've found that sales in America and sales in Australia is de- very different. Um, you know, it's it's, and I think it's it's to do to do with the the population numbers. Like like in America, you can churn and burn for a lot of people just due to the population size. So sure. you close a little bit harder and push a little bit harder, and I think that's taught. Um, versus versus Australia, I I mean, there's still people that are trying to close without taking you on a date first, but um you know it's always gonna be people but it's i've i've found in at least in the training that i've had it's been more relationship building and that kind of thing but um yeah
1: there's a lot of fake americans i'll tell you that okay
0: yep <laughs> but, <laughs> but especially awesome, yeah you there's a
1: lot of awesome people but like living in southern california where i live specifically orange county i love orange county i've grown up in orange county like i've i grew up going to disneyland all the time literally it's my favorite place to go yeah but Happy in place. orange county there is so many fake people like Wow. You can't, even, you can't even imagine. I mean, well, you probably can. Yeah. Um, but there's so much of this, you know, you're living a, a stereotypical Southern California life yeah. and keeping up with the Joneses and just yeah, all yeah. of that stuff that goes along with it, man. There's just, it's, there's so much of it. Because when we, so like, and it's in the book, but when yeah. we went on this trip with my family this summer, 86 days, 43 states in Canada, it was epic in a motor home, like best yeah. thing ever. Um, but when we're out and out of our Southern California bubble, there's so many real, authentic people. Not that there's not here, but I feel like there's so the population is so dense that you just get so much of that overwhelming, uh, yeah. fake facade kind of kind of deal that you get outside that bubble. And there's, I mean, there's so much. I'd love to come to Australia. That would be, yes. uh, i it would be epic.
0: Mate, you're, mate, you're welcome here anytime. Um, yes, all right. I got the official yeah. invite. I can got come. The official invite. Come to <laughs> <laughs> um i yeah I've, I've got a trip to america plan we'll talk about that off of podcast you yes said, um so you're all about doing things right you're all about getting out there and doing things you said that um in order to follow your passion you were doing night school you were juggling family so so how do you keep up that motivation to do things when mm-hmm. um when you've got a family and you're juggling everything and and there's that the excuse of i don't have time but you've managed to do night school. Like what's what's your advice when it comes to I don't have time?
1: Well, I think it's like for me, it's a lot about faith. It's a lot about that I believe that we're all created for a reason and that we can't find out what that reason is until we start taking steps and taking action. Yeah. Um and my family is a huge part of my life and my faith is a huge part of my life. And the fact that I believe, I truly believe, that there is something at the end of all this hard stuff that mm-hmm. Is going to be better than what is now, or at least it's going to be what it's supposed to be. That's it's really the the true belief that at the end there's something great, and I think that's real for everyone. But you have to get the mindset of believing that all the stuff that I'm going through that sucks right now, there is a reason that I'm doing it, and it's going to be great in the end. So, Mm. keeping that focus every day of being like, today sucks. I've got to go. I'm going to have an 18 hour day of work and school, and I'm not going to see my family. Mm. That sucks, but no. At the end of it, there is a goal that you're pushing towards. And
0: yeah, I, I think you just touched on something really interesting there because because of social media, and if you search up, you know, on my phone, hashtag entrepreneur life or whatever, you'll see cars and Lambos and whatever, and and yeah. it, it, they make it look easy. So, but but you know, you're in the trenches, you're doing it. You, you know, would you say entrepreneurship is is an easy thing? Yeah. Oh no,
1: no but, way. It's, I mean. That's that's one of those things I think is that the facade of entrepreneurship, and I I, honestly I hate the word Mm. um, because I feel like it when you say the word you get the image of the Lambos and the cash and all of the stuff that is online about it, which is not real. Like Mm. the reality is, if you're an entrepreneur and you're a self-employed individual, you don't know if you're going to have money next month to pay Mm. the bills. Yeah, but you're taking a risk on your passion and your belief and faith that you will be okay, even though you have no idea because there's no guarantees. Even when you work for a big company, there's no guarantees. But when it's all you, there's literally no guarantees. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow.
0: Wow. No. You know? And then, um, so you're a family man. No? You, you, you obviously love your family. Like, how much does your family motivate you to? in terms of you? you know, I, I hear a lot of entrepreneurs say that I started my business like the day my child was born or the year my child was born because it made them think, oh, crap, I've got to do something with my life. Um, was yeah. that similar for you, or, or is it, or is the family what what core motivates you? I guess there's two questions there. for sure, yeah,
1: well, the family is a huge motivator, obviously. But I think, like for me, when I when the real estate market tanked and I lost my job in 2008, I already had a wife and three kids, right? So my motivation instantly was, I got to go now. I got to figure that I don't have time to wait around and figure out and see if something happens. I had to go. Mm. Um, and so then I just, I literally just started doing one thing after another, which led to another thing, which created the path that I'm on now. Mm. But the the motivation of supporting my family and making sure that I have something where I'm able to coach my kids or I'm able to spend time going to church and being with them on the weekend and mm. spending time with my wife and that kind of stuff. It's, it's a hard balance because if it, like I said before, if it's all you, it's all you. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to figure out, which part you give up, because at some point you sacrifice something. Mm. Um, And I think that never changes no matter what you're doing. But I think there's so much more pressure that we probably put on ourselves as entrepreneurs, self-employed saying, I have to do this because I'm the only one, as opposed to I'm part of, I'm a cog in a machine, which is good too, Mm. but you're not relying on yourself as much and the faith of, of what can happen in the future. So Mm.
0: Yeah. You actually touched on something again. So I'm, I'm a millennial, right? Millennial. Um, very lucky in the fact that I haven't lived through a global financial crisis. I mean, 2008, like I was in it, but like I was in high school. So right.
1: Yeah. You weren't in it.
0: Right. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't in it. Right. And, and, and there are a lot of people saying, okay, it's going to crash soon in the next sort of 16, 18 months or whatever. So now that I am going to live through it, you know, being 24 and, and you know, looking to do things, um, as you say, what advice and, and how, is your, how did you mentally deal with everything collapsing? And then looking back on the lessons that you learned in 2008, how are you going to shelter yourself if, if something like that happens again? And to give advice sure. to, to a 24-year-old, I guess, that, that hasn't lived through it.
1: Sure. I, well, I think so when, when it all happened and when everything went down and I had to figure out what to do, I didn't have a lot of time or resources to be able to figure something out. Mm-hmm. I just had to, I literally had to believe that something was going to happen. And, and you have to realize you can only control two things. You mm-hmm. can only control your perspective, which is how you see the world and you see other people. And then the only other thing you can have is effort because you can't control the market. You can't control whether something's going to tank that you have no direct correlation to mm. you only have those two things so if you can weed out all the rest and block out the potential of listening to other people what they say or mm. hearing like or even for you like it's hearing that in 2008 I had I'd lost my job and had to figure that out I went through a crash it might not be the same for you no. it's the market's going to come down because it's really good right now but it's going to be different for everyone so if you can focus on those only those two things that your perspective how you see it do you believe you're going to be get out of it? Mm. And then two is taking effort because it it takes work. It's hard. Yeah. Um. But just knowing that at the end of it you're going to come out on top. Mm. Then and maybe not even on top. Just yeah. you're going to come out of it. It's yeah. going to end at some point, and it's yeah. going to get better. Exactly. And if it doesn't, it's because the robots have taken over, and we're in the matrix.
0: <laughs> and we're living Terminator, and we're all asking That's Arnie. We're going, hey Arnie, come on, you need <laughs> to help. <us."> That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and the, the other thing that I'm, I'm super interested in is you're actually a, quite a rare breed. And I, I say that in terms of you, you studied a CPA and you're an accountant, um, but this is a very stereotypical thing, but you're a very extroverted person. So um, did you see that as a way you were separating yourself when you were working as an accountant because your personality was so different? Like, you know, I've got an accountant here and, and I try and have a conversation with him and it's like talking to a brick wall. Um <laughs> you know, that's, that's, it's a generalization, but, but, but it's true.
1: It's true. No, I I get, I do get that a lot. And honestly, it wasn't uh, like in, in college I was a math major, so I was a numbers guy and that makes sense to me, but I also was creative and I, I did, I was in plays and theater and I played sports. So I had a lot of that uh, Renaissance man kind of thing where I do a lot of different things, but I knew that I had to figure something out and my dad was an accountant. So I didn't think about the fact of, you know, myself, knowing myself and knowing where I, what personality wise I was going to do. I just knew, I know math. My dad is a CPA. I can probably learn that I should do it. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as I've come through the process and I keep get I get that feedback a lot that while well, you're not like any accountant I've ever talked to before, hmm. that, that resonates with a lot of people to say, Oh, I want to do business with you because when I sit in your office and we can actually have a conversation oh, that's man. meaningful and adds value, that makes a big difference. Now, I will say, because I've learned that about myself, and I feel like my strength is the communication, my strength is relationships, mm-hmm. it's moving me more in this direction of the public speaking, of the writing the books, mm-hmm. of the online communication, because that's really my strength. Awesome. So, if I can bring value and, and give people actual tactical knowledge and steps from a business consulting standpoint, from a tax standpoint, yeah. and then just from a general relationship communication standpoint, then I feel like that's where I can, I can add the most value in any situation that I'm in by using my communication and my, my uh, personality yeah, to yeah. add value to anybody that I'm talking with. So. And, and
0: it would be so easy for you to separate yourself from the, the other, other accountants. It's just, it's just leagues ahead. And as you say, that, that communication, like I did telemarketing and cold calls for three, four, five years. And something that I picked up very quickly was I threw away my scripts. So, mm, you, know, you would have yeah. screen, right? I don't know if you guys get called by energy providers and solar companies and whatever. I don't know. That's still around. Oh, yeah.
1: I get called. So, here's the funny thing: the yeah. side note. I'm, we rent this house. I don't own this house. Yeah, it's smart. Uh, but I still get calls saying, hey, uh, we know you own this house at our old house over on Brooklyn Avenue, yeah. uh, and we'd like to do your roof. And I'm like, guys, you need to update your, your database because I have not owned that house in eight years. So I don't and and I don't know how all that works. <laughs> I don't know. Out, yeah.
0: Yes. Right. Not, yeah. Yeah. But like cold calling can still work if you know what you're doing. And oh, yeah, the thing is, and it's about building communication and having that conversation where you're so I would throw away my scripts because like you, I just wanted to have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. and you find that, you know, would you find that that would work a lot better?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, when I get a salesperson on the phone, even if I don't need what they're selling, but they're, they're, you know, willing to talk to me and actually have a communication back and forth. Mm. I will talk to them. Now it may not be a sale, but I'll remember that. And um, and if I get a number or something to be like, Oh yeah. Okay. This guy had a question or this lady had some insight that might be something to think about. So yeah,
0: I can, I, you know, you might not need that thing now, but you'll look it up 12 months from now. Exactly. You know? mm, exactly. Um, so I want to talk about your book. I want to talk about your book, and and the really awesome thing about it is um, you've actually written this using the guidelines that you outline in the book, and that's yes. that's really awesome. So so can you take me through a, a synopsis of the of, of those guidelines or, or right you know? absolutely. So yeah.
1: so the whole premise of the book originally when I started speaking and I had to come up with the what's my thing what's my what's my deal. Um, and so I came up with this idea of, well, everything, uh, my entire life, I've actually just tried something and saw if it worked or it didn't work. And then I adjusted and I moved on. So Mm -hmm. it kind of created this circular, uh, method that I've, I've termed the do things method. And so as I'm speaking and I'm talking about this with people and it's kind of, it's adjusting on its own and it's growing into this thing. I was like, well, I should write this down and have like a, like, it was kind of like a pamphlet idea. I get, uh, you know, one of those short little booklets that just kind of walks you through the steps of this process. And so as I'm speaking and I'm, I'm my dog's barking. Hold on.
0: It's okay.
1: No. Hey, can somebody let Taz out? Breaking the conversation.
0: conversation. So uh, this is what editing is for.
1: Or, or you can leave it in and it's people's favorite part of the podcast.
0: Oh, there we go. Could be. John, John. Could be. It's am speaking to you, John. This is the favorite the podcast. You know, you're laughing right now, John. I know you're smiling. That's right.
1: That's right. So anyways, so, um, so I'm, this whole method is creating as I'm speaking and I'm telling stories from my life to explain the steps in this process. Awesome. And as I'm thinking through this booklet, I'm like, I should add a story here and there to kind of explain. And then it just kind of, and this is all in my brain. I hadn't done anything. Yeah. Um, this is over like six to eight months of me thinking and speaking, and then adding another story and thinking like, well, this explains that, and then it kind of grew into this thing where we're we're on this trip, and we took this epic road trip uh, for the summer for like I said for eighty six days in the motorhome, and as I'm on there and I'm thinking about my next speaking and, and all these the process of what we're working on, um, I started putting it together. Well, I could actually make this an actual book mm. and tell tell these stories in a way. That also explains the process and gives tactical steps. And can I do that all in one? Like, I didn't know if I could. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, well, does anybody else do that? And so there's a couple other authors that I read. Well, I don't read. I listen. I, I do audio books.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm all into the audio books. Yeah, the yeah. audio
1: books are great. So, yeah. um, so I was listening and I was like, yeah, okay, I, I think this could work. I don't see anybody else really doing this, but I think it could work. So I just started writing, and I outlined the the method. Cause the method's really simple. It's four phases. Yeah. It's, uh perspective, process, results, repeat, and it's just in a circle. And I've got a,
0: a mm-hmm. little
1: picture for it. Yeah. Um, we'll so I just started fun. with the process, and I, I skeletoned it out, and like, okay, these are the bones. What stories fit with which phase and which step in each phase? And so mm. I just started just writing, and I'm like, okay, here we go, and I just started writing. And I, I, I noted the other day I started writing the first – real piece of the book september 28th yeah and 39 days later i was done with the book wow like now now the reality is
0: that's how to write a book in 39 days (laughs) you've got got authors trying to do they've tried been working on a book for 10 years
1: yeah well and 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 that's the part i feel like did i do something wrong because i did that so quickly But because I'm telling personal stories that I live through and that I also speak about and I've dialed into like a a summarized version of the story and hit the high points and I can kind of see where audiences, they they get this part, they don't get this part, whatever. Um, Then it it really helped me synthesize that quicker. Mm. And I just had to put what was in my brain on the keyboard. And it just kind of I vomited it out real quick. And then I read it and I was like, that's horrible. And you got to delete some stuff and edit it. And then I sent it
0: to. That's the thing. Like it's horrible, but immense progress. You figured out a way that. that Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's, and then, and it's more, the, the, the more I did it, the more like, oh, this makes sense. Oh, I like the way this sounds. I can change that here. And then you go back and it just back and forth. But literally it was, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never written a book. I hardly read books and I know you can publish on Amazon, but I wasn't sure how. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. So I write I write the book in 39 days and I was going to use a different fulfillment. I wasn't going to use the I was going to put it on Amazon but I was going to use different fulfillment and I went to go print the first proofs of the book and it was a, a disaster. Yeah. And I'm like I cuz I had put a date out said I'm going to put it out November 26th and I'm like 3 yeah. weeks out and this the fulfillment thing was not going to work right and it didn't format Ooh. and I was like oh shoot. So I had to I started from scratch as far as where I was publishing the book. And I had to do all the research and Kindle publishing is by, if anybody's going to publish a book on Amazon, just do KDP directly through Amazon. It's simple. It's easy. You can't do hardcovers, but who cares? You can do, you can do the Kindle and you can do the paperback. So I had to research how to do that. I had no idea within two weeks from when I realized I needed to do something else and I had to figure it out. And then I had to push the publish button. So it was kind of a mad dash, but I mean, between YouTube, just Google search, and all the instructions we have on Amazon, it's it's all out there. You just got to work for it.
0: I mean, this podcast, this is the third episode of the podcast, and I'm, I'm launching this Saturday. And awesome. The-
1: Congratulations, by the way.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And the amount of YouTubing I've done, like how to get this on Spotify, how to get it on, you know, it's all out there. That's the thing. And I think that comes to step one of perspective, right? And yep having the perspective of we are living in an age right now where if you want to know something, you can Google it. Then you can practically do it because you can learn it in any way you want. If you're a broke person, there's going to be blogs out there. If you learn through video, there's going to be video out there. If you learn through audio, someone's done a podcast about it. You know?
1: 100%. It's all out there. And you don't have to. And that's the thing. The other thing, because I started with dabbling in doing the online courses, which I think are great. I'm not against them. But I started looking into that and I'm like, my personality wise, I'm going to go find it for free because I'm cheap. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go find it for free exactly. online because exactly. I know it's out there and I'm going to teach myself by doing and failing and, su- and succeeding and then putting all, all the pieces together. Yeah. Um, so I decided to not go that route because I feel like if I just put this out there and my YouTube channel is just tactics that I give for free and then I have a book that if people buy it, great. Otherwise, I know how to do a book.
0: Yeah. I know like, was the- yeah. The whole yeah, I, I know how to do a book, and then if somebody in my marketing sort of plans, I, I identify they need to do a book. I can say, hey, I've launched a book. Exactly, you know? and
1: that's 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 the whole beauty behind it is once you've done it, then you can say, yeah, I've done it.
0: I've done it, whether
1: it succeeded or failed. You actually actually know the process. So.
0: That's it. That's it. Um, I want to talk about you speaking. So I didn't actually I didn't realize you were were a public speaker until I um. You know, I did a little bit more, more research into your Facebook and that kind of thing. Um, for practical people, because it's, it's an area that I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be up I'm interested in getting into, you know. It's, mm-hmm. um, so what advice would you give someone that wants to get into speaking? Like, how did you do it? What was your story?
1: So for, for me, when I got into speaking, I was one of those things where, like, I'm very active at my church and I do some well, Bible studies and stuff yeah. with kids. You know, and I was okay, approached
0: my grandpa more oh, <laughs> to church. Yeah. It's a- yeah,
1: yeah. And and so it was one of those things where it was just like I'd never done it before. My yep. brother's a pastor, my grandpa's a pastor. So okay. it's kind of in the family, I guess.
0: Yeah. public um, speaking.
1: But so I was like, Well, maybe I should do that. And I did nothing with it. And then somebody asked me if I would do it at our church for the uh, there's a summer thing for kids. And there's like fifteen hundred kids that come to this thing, and they asked me if I would speak at it, and I was like I've never done that, but I think I should try it. So mm-hmm. I said, yes. And then I went out there and I did it and I loved it. And it, it was just like, it lit me up. Like it was crazy. And so then I just put a post out and said, Hey, I think I want to do some more public speaking. Does anybody have any ideas? And I got a message from a friend yeah. that is a, a principal at a school that said, we'd love to have you come talk to our kids. Perfect. Oh, and by the way, we'll pay you. And I was like, wait a minute.
0: How you are you aren't expecting that. You aren't even expecting that. That's the thing. What?
1: And before that, I didn't even realize that speaking for money was a job. Wow. Like that was not. And now that I've realized that there are people that just speak and that's their job. Like it's mind blowing. Yeah. Um, but I would say, honestly, I think podcast is by far the best platform. Podcast and YouTube is yeah. the best platform for people to see you and hear you and get like, oh man, this guy could, like Tim really could, he could bring it on this subject. And the other thing that I feel like I do really well and I think the best speakers do is thinking on your feet. Yeah. Like if you can do Q&A and you can sit and have real conversations with a person and then think on your feet with a, and adjust yeah. When they ask a question and actually have value, mm-hmm. that's where that's where you become real, real valuable as a speaker.
0: I, so, I love I love that you say that because that's that's exactly what we're doing right now. I mean, yeah, there were no. We have not prepared any of this. We're just we're jamming. We're we're on the on the on the free flow of all that.
1: It's, it's the natural flow of the conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the vibe. They go.
1: <laughs> Dig it, brother.
0: Very good. There it is. All right. Um, my last question to you um, is a really, really cool one. I've been, been asking almost everyone. it. Um, if I was a, someone coming out, of, coming out of uni or coming out of high school, you with the knowledge that you have right now, what are you telling to that person so they can go out and, and do things? that
1: they uh, would- I am saying I think the biggest thing that you need to do is find the things that you like to do. Yeah. If you like to sit in a dark room with a computer and code, then you should become the best coder you can do. Mm. If you like to go outside and talk to people and introduce people and connect people, then you should go do that. Whatever it is that you like to do, there is a job that does that. Mm. And the more experience you have and you can come to the table with, well, I've been coding for 25 years because I've done it in my basement since I was 12. Yeah. Like, you can, like you're going to be like one of the best coders in the world. So yeah. I think it, it has a lot to do with taking action before you know if you're good at it and then finding things that you like to do. And if you can figure out a way to put those together, that's going to last you forever. Mm, perfect. So perfect. that's taking action and things that you like to do and just doing them.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome spot to, to end it. Well, Todd, look, um, where, can, where can everybody find you if somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, I want to go follow Todd. Um, on the Instagram on the Facebook I want to buy his book um, where can where can people do all of that
1: well uh, you can find me on all the social you know that uh, it's yeah. T Fraser SoCal so T-F-R-A-Z-I-E-R S-O-C-A-L like Southern California yep. T Frazier SoCal uh, the book is Burn Your Plans and Do Things it's on Amazon yep. uh, it's number one uh, new release on Amazon whatever that's worth whatever that's worth um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then uh-huh. FraserMethod.com is one website, and awesome. there's a bunch of information and connection there. So just reach out, hit me. I, I want to meet people just like I met you, buddy. Yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. All right. Well, I've been Tim. Uh, this has been Todd, and, and we've been talking. Um, <laughs> I love it.
1: Bean's talking, man.
0: There it is. There it is. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Appreciate couldn't... it. No worries. Thanks All for having time. me on, Tim. No worries. All right. Awesome. How good was that? Thank you so much again to Todd Fraser. Guys, Christmas is coming around the corner and if you're looking for a stocking stuffer, his book, Burn Your Plan and Do Things is, is amazing. So go check it out on Amazon. Um, as for me, again, check out the socials. If you look at Instagram, bean.talking, we're doing cool stuff over there, over on the Facebook page. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. I'll keep the stuff coming and see you next time.